week, and indeed the week before, we had a more intimate, shall we call it that, podcast, which uh, was more about memories and getting to know some of the people who are involved in the in the podcast that we do each week. And this week is no exception. I'm Ian Cheeseman. This is, of course, the Forever Blue podcast. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much too to Hot Click Marketing, who're a Manchester-based company who get your company to the top of Google searches and Google ads and all that sort of stuff. They're run by a guy called Tony, who's a City fan. So if you give him a call and explain that you've heard about the company on the Forever Blue podcast, I'm sure he'll look after you. Well, he would anyway, but he'll look after you even more. Hot underscore click at Hot underscore click is the Twitter account. You'll see me sometimes put that in the tweets that I put out to promote this podcast. So uh, look out, search out their website. Now, last week we had Harlan and Paul talking about the past. And today I have with me Emily and Matty. Normally I get them to introduce themselves, but for the purposes of this, I'm going to get them to tell you a little bit more about themselves. I asked Harlan and Paul about why they were City fans, so it seems the way to start is to ask you the same question. So let's start with you, Emily. Why? How did? Is it a family thing? How did you become a City fan? Yeah, it all stemmed from my older brother, my only sibling, um, Simon. He's three years older than me, and we growing up, we did everything together. So I was the annoying little sister chasing him round everywhere and wanting to know what he was doing and, and being interested in all his hobbies. So um, his love of City actually came from my our Uncle Bob, who took him to City versus Everton back in the 80s. Um, Uncle Bob is a City fan, and Simon randomly thought, oh, I'll be an Everton fan. And then City got beat, and he felt sorry for City. So he thought, right, I'll, I'll be a City fan. And then he started watching the games more and more, and um, I remember the 10-1, the Huddersfield game. And I was inquisitive, asking him about what he was watching all the time. And it, it literally went from there. And I remember being one of like the only girls in the playground at primary school, still talking to the boys about football. Oh, yeah, I'm a City fan. And, you know, they were like Everton and Liverpool fans, United fans. And I was the only blue and, and by far and away the only girl. All the other girls were like running around and I was just still talking to the boys. So... Yeah, back in the late 80s, it kind of went from there, really. Was it something that, I mean, when I think back to my own story, which I'll come on to in a second, uh, was it something that gave you confidence, the fact that you had a team to support and a tribe, if you want to call it that, to be part of? Because it certainly did for me. It was really weird. I remember buying my first shirt from the the city store at the Arndale. Um, I think it was like 1994. And wear it in public, and you look at people looking at you. I had like King Clancy on the back of it, and people were like staring. And I thought, what are they looking at me for? And it, I realised it was my football shirt, and it's like I'm wearing a football shirt. That and then it, it kind of went from there. But yeah, it's a sense of almost like a belonging, isn't it? And a sense of togetherness. And yeah, um, after that, me and Simon went started going to games together. I wasn't allowed to go to Main Road till I think. 96 it was but my first game we'll get on to obviously um, was an away game earlier than that uh, but yeah it was very much like a sense of belonging and I loved it well, before I ask Matty I'll just give you the, the story from, for me from that point of view I mean I remember as a kid I was extremely shy very quiet you know what I still am even though people won't believe that and in the class, I was I was a very quiet kid who could easily have been picked on. And 
by accident, I found out that by being a football fan, because I genuinely had an interest in football, it has been something that, that had fascinated me, the game, the tactics, the, the way that footballers play. Um, and I was a City fan, I suppose, because my uncle was a United fan who used to come round and torment me and tease me. And I always looked at United as being a bit like him, and I loved him, by the way, but a bit arrogant and a bit over the top. And I was more this quiet kid, and and so somehow the sky blue fitted with that. Colin Bell being this modest superstar fitted with that. He wasn't anything like the the best Lord Charlton sort of mob. Uh, and and so there suddenly at school as a kid when I said, oh, I'm a football fan. I'm a season ticket holder actually. I wouldn't said it quite as fully as that. Even the bullies would sort of go, oh, he's all right him. And suddenly I was like left alone. And, and I thought, I like this. <laughs> so that was part of the reason that, that my passion, I suppose, grew. And uh, the more I got involved, the more I went to away games, um, the more people gave me some sort of credibility. Um, this is deeply going into psyche now, because you could argue that all these years later, I'm still doing it, and I'm still doing stuff. And when people say nice things about what I do, that, that sort of almost give, gives me a reason to exist. So um, there you go, a little bit of uh, that feels like I've just been on the Ooh. the chaise long <laughs> talking to the uh, talking to the psychiatrist. What's your story? Is it as deep as that? Uh, I would say it's as deep. That is really interesting, though. Um, mine came from my dad, so his parents weren't really into football at all, um, and his sister, his older sister, took him to watch Arsenal, and he didn't really enjoy it. He preferred the Sky Blue City. I think he was obsessed with the Sky Blue City, and he literally started following Man City. And when you asked the question, I was thinking to myself, I don't actually know. Like it's always been second nature to me to be a Man City fan and to be obsessed with football. I've never really thought about the why. I think from as young as I can remember, I've been in Man City kits, and I think my dad literally forced the football in front of me as soon as I could walk. So it, it's always been in me. And yeah, I just, I remember going to my first game at about five years old and being amazed by the atmosphere and the floodlights and the, the football as well. And yeah, it's just, City's always been something that I've been proud to, like you said about wearing the shirt, like when you go on holiday to a different place or even when you just walk down the street and you're wearing your Man City top, it was just like a, a pride thing. And when I was in school, we weren't the best team and obviously everyone else supported Man United or maybe Liverpool and the odd local one. And I kind of like that underdog feeling. So like if we did go in and we'd beat them, there's a very rare occasions we beat Man United when I was in school. But when we did, I just felt that smugness that they always had on their faces, but it wasn't like a recurring thing. Like they'd always be not that bothered about their result and I'd be wanting to talk about it all the time. And I, I was just obsessed with football and all my friends were and I'd loved playing it as well. So like there's never been a reason really. It's just been second nature to me from as young as I can remember. I've always loved football. So yeah. This is the year, of course, the anniversary of the 99 playoff final. And I remember my son, my eldest son, sitting next to me a city were trailing 2-0 and saying to me, shall we support another team, Dad? <laughs> um, as well as wanting to leave the stadium. And I said, it doesn't work like that. Have, you, have either of you ever been tempted to, to support another team? Now, I'm guessing you're both going to say no, but there are people, yeah. uh, and I can think of, of, of colleagues, not so much friends of mine, 
You would be a blue, really, to be a friend of mine. But anyway, uh, colleagues of mine who have changed allegiances, um, but you know, through job, for example, uh, I know journalists who, who've su- su- supported a team as a kid and then changed because they became involved with City. But has that, as you, have it, has there ever been any question in your mind that you might oh, change? Never no. in a million years. Even in the darkest days. In the darkest days, uh, I remember Everton winning the FA Cup final. And I just remember being insanely jealous and watching him go up the steps at the old Wembley and just, I was like, I will never, ever get to see my football team do that, will I? I'll never get to do that. I will never get to go to Wembley and I'll never, ever get to see my team lift the trophy. And I just remember looking at that because they were kind of the underdogs a little bit back then as well. Uh, Obviously, United's run of success. I I wouldn't say I was like massively jealous of him, I'd say I was more jealous of like the Arsenal team, the Invincibles, because they really played some magnificent football. They were just they'd they'd always whip us like four nil, five nil. Went to Highbury, we got beat five nil, on like a Tuesday night. That was great, um, and they'd always turn us over. And I'd always be sat there, and I'd look at my brother, and I'd be like, "We'll never get to watch that, will we? Look at us sat in our city shirts, going all across the country, and what for? We'll never get to witness it, will we?" I just, but it's all you ever know because it is. It's just indoctrinated in you. It, it's like it's like blue blood running through your veins, and you can't look anywhere else. You just can't. It's just ingrained in you. I mean that that leads to an interesting question actually about what you know what it is it about the football is it purely tribal is it purely about winning because for many years i've looked at, at teams who've had success who've who've got trophies you know on the cabinet and and i haven't actually felt as jealous as maybe I should have done according to other people. It hasn't to me been about the trophies it's been about that feeling of yeah. of, of of a bond. But it's also been, for me personally, about watching beautiful football. So I was a fan of, uh, uh, not a fan, that's the wrong expression, but an admirer of Arsenal under Wenger. Really loved that team. Uh, They didn't win anything. And and I was amazed that the Arsenal fans were pillaring Arsene Wenger when actually they were playing the type of football I wanted to watch. And the fact that they didn't win a trophy for a while wouldn't have bothered me as an Arsenal fan. Am I out of step? Are you like that? Am I out of step with that? I've I've never given it a second thought, to be honest. I think when I was younger, it was just about... It was just Man City and that was it. So even though we didn't ever win, really, I'd get upset, obviously as a kid but I never once considered like oh maybe it'd be better if I watched because I didn't care about them so like when I'd watch Man City I'd be fully invested I know the players I know what they look like I know the colours and I care about it whereas when I watch other teams I don't have that interest and I always knew that so it was like there was a time a lot of people won't know I'm actually from Essex I only moved up north when I was about you're an Essex boy I'm from Essex (laughs) I used to to talk like this and say Gales and Weld and stuff but so like my first games at Main Road we travel up like 200 miles and like the Arsenal game we were 4-0 down in 20 minutes so I travelled 200 miles to watch us lose 5-1 but afterwards I was upset but it it never crossed my mind like oh maybe I should go and watch Arsenal because I didn't care about them so it's never been about trophies or winning for me. It's just been about loyalty. My older brothers are obviously Man City fans as well. So as a kid, you look up to your older brothers. So I would have never wanted to go against them. And we all wore our City shirts together. And we always went and watched the matches together. And 
I was a mascot when I was about six or seven away at Watford and got to meet all the players. And as a kid, you're sort of influenced by that. That That's inspiring, getting to see the players that you idolise on the pitches. Who were the players that, around? So in that, in that dressing room would have been Sean Gota, uh, Berkovic. Berkovic was like my favourite player. He's not messy, is he? But to, to me, he was messy because it's like... He, he was so skillful on the ball and watching the old videos of like Benabia and stuff. So as a kid, you're not that arrogant to be like, oh, well, he's not the best player in the world. It, to me, he was the best player in the world. And when you get to meet them, it's sort of, you're starstruck and you just idolise them. So to go and then shift to somebody else just because they win more games would made no sense to me. So yeah, it's always been City. And I was um, the mascot as well for City, but I was 15, so I was quite an old mascot. Yeah. Um, at Main Road, um, we were playing Oxford United and we got beat at home 2-0 by Oxford United. <sighs> Was that a league game then? A, a league game and uh, in the dressing room, the players were, we had Peter Beardsley, Michael Branch, Michael Brown, Kit Simons was the captain. Um, nice guy, Kit Simons, you know. Uwe Rosler um, to, and the Georgians, obviously, I think King Cladzi had gone by then, but we had like Shadadzi, Shalea. Um, and I still idolised every single one of the players Joe Royal, I walked in there and I was just absolutely Jeff Brannan blown away by every single one of them and now obviously people will be sniggering laughing going oh my god there's players people will be listening and they won't even some of them won't even know the names um, but every like Matty said every moment of that was so special for me getting to run out onto the pitch at Main Road and I got to the centre spot and clapped every stand and took penalties and you know, well, you did a bit of that, didn't you? <laughs> Clapping each stand. <laughs> it was like a, a great moment, and then we got went and got beat at home two 0 So, yeah, by Oxford United. So, those were the the darkest days, weren't they, back then? And but I th- I feel like when you've been through that with your football team, you can go through anything, can't you? Uh, but yeah, it's never been about trophies. It's just been about loyalty and turning up every week and just sitting there and either enduring it or enjoying it. Actually, that could lead on to a question which seems the wrong time to ask it given what's just happened and given the fantastic coach and the stellar trajectory that City are on. But if it was all to end, it won't end, you know, but if it was to go into decline, would that would that now affect you? Because you're younger... I mean, no disrespect to you, Emma. Don't you're a bit older, I... a bit older, <laughs> but Matty particularly is a, is a younger fan. Um, you've only been used to success. I know you, you, you gave the Arsenal game and the 5-1 defeat as an example, yeah. but mainly it's been success. Well, I think I'm quite lucky in that I'm part of probably one of the last generations who who got an understanding of how poor City were, but now gets to enjoy the success. So maybe if I was a little bit younger, then it, it'd be a bit different. But for me, Man City's Man City, no matter who's on the pitch, I don't, I don't really care. No matter, obviously, if we were to decline and fall down the leagues then I'd be gutted well who wouldn't we're getting to enjoy the best football in the world but it wouldn't stop me supporting City it wouldn't stop me going to every game because it's about the club not the players although obviously I love the players it's not about that it's about supporting the club so I was quite lucky that I had a season ticket when we didn't score a goal for five months Uh, yeah didn't score a goal for five months and like I mentioned the Arsenal 5-1 so I've got to experience that so I think if it were all to change I'd, I'd still support City till I die. So You were going to tell us about your first game, Emily. Oh, yeah, the first game. Um, yeah, because I was a sensitive little flower, little girl, um, and I couldn't go to me until I was about, oh, I can't remember, it was 96, it was Sheffield Wednesday at home. 
Um, my first game was an away game, um, and it was Everton away, and it was one all, and Terry Phelan got sent off, and Maurizio Gaudino scored the goal for us, and David Unsworth equalised in the 86th minute. But I just remember parking up and it being really dark, smelling like food. It was a night match. A night match. I think it was a Tuesday night. It was 95. Um, seeing the floodlights, um, all like the hustle and bustle of all the back streets because I love old school football grounds and they're quite a rare thing nowadays. I absolutely love them because it reminds me of those first games and we'd go for seasons going home and away to all the different grounds like in the lower leagues when we drop the, the leagues when you know you have a dispensable income when you don't have children and you don't have rent to pay you live with mum and dad and your money's yours so you can do whatever the hell you want with it so we went everywhere following city and it old school grounds remind me of that um but that night was so special because we went and um we got tickets in like a porter cabin outside Goodison and they were like 12 quid. So to be fair, that porter cabin's probably still there. Yeah. And if it's the one I'm thinking of, near the away end. Yeah, it's, it's like the is lower and it was just, oh, it was just absolutely loved it. Watching Tony Colton and, and all, the, all the players warming up and, and that team. I loved that team as well. I, I'm pretty sure it was, um, it was Brian Horton at that point. And that they played some brilliant football, and Brian Horton was quite unlucky to be honest with you. I loved like Peter Beagrey, and Paul Walsh. He was a fantastic player, and it was that team and Gaudino as well as a right character. So that was that was my my first game, and from then oh, I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed with it. And I'd said before that King Clancy was on the back of my first year. It was my second year. What about you, Matt? Can you remember that first um, game? No, to be honest, I can't really remember it because I was only five years old and I think at five you only have like very vivid memory of it. Um, I can remember elements of it. So it, mine was Bradford at home. We won 2-0. Um, I met Paul Dickoff recently, actually, and I, I told him that he'd scored the first goal I ever saw and he thanked me for making him feel old. So, sorry, Paul. <laughs> um, but yeah... Uh, Paul Dickoff scored in the 2-0 and I think ugh, the other player was Teatro maybe or Alfing Hall. I can't remember who the scorer was um, but yeah I just remember because because I lived down south it was almost like a mini holiday for me to go and watch City back then uh, I'm so lucky that I got to go to Main Road a few times and yeah it was just like a, a long trip but as a kid you don't, you don't care about that I loved it and going on the motorway and like all these little things as a kid building up to the game and then being outside the stadium and just you're just soaking it in at that age you're just amazed by everything and I'd, I'd copy the program person I'd, I was a little cheeky Essex boy so I'd be like running around the stadium shouting programs get your program all this and <laughs> I, I remember doing that and I think there was a time where you could actually meet the players before the game so they'd go around one side of the stadium I think and as they were going in you could meet them so I had a couple of pictures of with the players but in terms of the actual football I don't really remember any of it but I don't think I, I really cared at that age it was just the fact that I was there and I was just surrounded by all these people cheering and singing the songs and it was more about that for me and obviously when we got to the Etihad I got a bit older so I started to understand about the players and the football and stuff but then main road days I just loved being there and being on the, the Kipax or what was, what was the corner one called? I remember Gene getting Kelly. soaked on there. 
and I loved that having a little poncho on <laughs> and getting soaked but it, it was just a, it was amazing to be there and just be part of it and you felt like part of a, an extended family you're just like all these people around me are, are cheering for the same thing it, it was just amazing actually I feel sometimes a bit like that when I go and watch a concert of, of some music I'm not going to because everybody's got Backstreet different music taste well I'm <laughs> going to see them uh, soon yeah uh, but um, uh, but just generally when you go into a concert you go to the MEN arena and there's maybe 15,000 people there and at home you think I thought I was the only one who liked these you know this this performer, and then suddenly there's millions of people around you who have the same feeling, and it's like that with football, isn't yeah. it? I mean, my my first hero undoubtedly was Colin Bell, as I, I mentioned before. I saw him as this sort of uh, shy, quiet, but yet well, not that I was talented, but shy, <laughs> quiet person who I I could relate to, uh, and I remember going along to um, to a, a charity cricket match at Presswich Hayes when Colin and some others who I can't remember to be honest were playing in this charity match and and I was only 12 or 13 and I, I, I had a little bit of paper, uh, I don't remember it being anything significant and a pen and I went and stood waiting for Colin Bell and my hands were shaking as I passed this little bit of paper and he signed it. I haven't got that bit of paper anymore, but you know I have got the book that I wrote yeah. with him yeah. signed by him, so that'll do. Um, but but he was my first hero. Um, he still is my hero. I've got plenty of the modern day players who, despite my age, you know it's not cred to say that you like these young men who are younger than you, but I do actually admire a lot of them. But you must have heroes from different eras. I'm guessing that one of yours might be Vincent Company, is it, Emily? Yeah. Um... My first was probably King Cladsey, obvious for obvious reasons because, like I've said before, he lit up the pitch for us when the days were very dark and we didn't really have much else to smile about. So apart from the uh, banter between all the stands at Main Road, yeah, he was just an absolute dream to watch and he was a luxury in that team really and that's been uh, admitted since but what an absolute joy to watch Nicky Weaver was a massive hero for me I was obsessed with him uh, after the 99 playoff final saw him walking through Selfridges and I ran up to him like a like, like somebody would approach I don't know like a really famous pop star and I, I, I was just like blithering with my words and I oh my god I can't believe it oh my god I'm so grateful oh my god oh just making a total idiot of myself um, and since then I've interviewed him like three or four times um, and one of the times I met him in Cheadle at the uh, Village Inn hotel in the pub and as like our eyes met and like we acknowledged each other I went over and um, you're not run away at that point sure, no <laughs> <laughs> It's her again. Oh, honestly, I I sent him cards and everything for his birthday. I don't know how he didn't run away. Um, Enrique Iglesias's hero came on in the pub, and I must have just gone crimson. And he must have realised, oh, it's that girl. He, she, she's he, put it on. on <laughs> I worked in a shoe shop many many years ago, and I served him, and he had to order shoes, so I had to take his address, and he looked so reluctant to give it to me. <laughs> and he, he was ordering like size twelve Dunlops, and I was like, "I need your address. I'm really sorry." And he must have like he must have been in in there. I've got his phone number in my phone, and I you know <laughs> I never use it. Uh, but he was like a, a massive hero. But since then, obviously, it's company, and he can't really talk about him because I'm in mourning. Your child. 
one of your children is yeah. called Vincent. My eldest is called Vincent, and he is so connected to so many memories of my time following City in my personal life um, in the past when um, I was with Vincent's dad, my Vincent, his dad. Like we were engaged to get married. We were together for five years and, you know, we split up and all the time for our relationship, he was there, a constant. We both loved Vincent company. We both like we both went mental at the game at the Etihad when he scored that header in the United game. Yeah, he was such a big part of our lives. And then obviously when we split up, uh, found out I was pregnant a week later, and the only name that stood out for me was Vincent. It had to be Vincent. Um, and he's just, I can't really talk about him because he makes me so emotional because he's just so connected in every aspect of my life since he arrived at the club. And I am devastated that he's leaving. I respect it completely, but I'm devastated and I can't really imagine a city without him. Does, does your Vincent know yet? Does he yeah. have an understanding of his... Yeah, he... Um, he, he's the first player that he looks for on the pitch. And he's like, there's Vincent, there's Vincent. And he's always pointing for him. He's always looking for him. I said, that's who mummy's named you after. There's, there's, that, that's me. He th- at one point he thought it was his dad, <laughs> which is... You wish. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Carla. Um, yeah, at one point he did kind of, that's my daddy, isn't it? I was like, no, no, no. But mummy did name you. And it's some people think it's ridiculous, but... You know, my second's no, called no Sergio. And if I would have had my way, he would have been called Sergio Null. Um, but my partner, who I'm with now, who I've been with for like four years, he was like, Jack, I don't think we can get away with that. But yeah, I just think there's moments in time in your life where you have these heroes. Sorry, Matty, I'm chatting. So, so, so Matty, you, uh, when, you have, when you have a kid... Well, I've not got any restraining orders. Um, I've not got any children to name yet. That that I know of. <laughs> but if you did, who but would I, you name it after? I completely understand why. Um, I'm not really a fan of the name Isle, so I'm not sure if I... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think my, my first heroes would have been Sean Goater. I think as a kid, the goal scorer is someone you look up to because he's always the one putting the ball in the net and he's always the one you're cheering for. So I think Sean Goater would have been the first person that I had a... I wouldn't call it an obsession, <laughs> but I'd call it like a love for... And then I remember the era of Berkovic and Bernabia. I was just mesmerised by them too because they were the first really skillful players that I got to witness. I don't think think King Clancy and um, Kinchelskis and that era had sort of gone before I was born. So them two were the first that I was just sort of blown away by. And obviously, as I mentioned before, getting to meet the players. So like when I met Berkovic, I'm like stood there I'm like six or seven years old and wearing a kit that probably fit me now to be honest <laughs> let alone back then I've still got the picture of it framed um, just getting to like kick the ball with him and stuff is such a huge thing when you're a, a child that age so they were the first real heroes for me and then as I got a little bit older I think you can't look away from Vincent Company. I think he's he's not only what I aspire to be as a footballer as a person as well um, and that's why I love him so much. He, he carries us on and off the field in such a magnificent way. He's such a brilliant person. He seems an intelligent person as well. Never met him, so I, I can't say what he's like in person, but he seems a, a brilliant person to be. And, yeah, I'd say he's definitely someone that I look up to even now. He's still a hero of mine now, let alone when I was a kid. So what, what would you say 
I suppose there's predictable answers here, but what has been the highlight of being a City fan? It doesn't have to be a game, it doesn't have to be a goal, it can be anything, it can be something to do with your family. What, what, how would you describe the highlight of your time being a fan? I think it's hard, it's hard not to say the Aguero moment, isn't it? Because that's the closest I've ever come to crying over football. Literally, like you know, I cry normally. You know, not, I cry at the drop of a hat. Oh yeah, you, you get crying. <laughs> um, no, not not particularly. Um, but that that was a moment that nearly did it because I'm at an age where I'm fully aware of what's happening, and I've never seen City lift a trophy. And obviously, you've gone through the years of abuse from friends and, and not friends who are Man United fans and that sort of thing and I think the fact that it was against Man United we're going toe to toe with Man United and I think the nature of the game you think this is an a easy game to win and then typical City it's why we love them and hate them at the same time we didn't make it easy for ourselves and then the fact that it came down to the last second and just when the ball hit I can still hear the noise in my head of the ball hitting the back of the net and just that that relief and that it was just incredible and I think you can't ever look away from that moment as a City fan um, on a personal level I think it's all about family so getting to take my brothers and my dad to the FA Cup final this year will probably be a highlight until the day I pass away because it's just it was a great feeling to be with them there all together and looking back to like when you're a kid and you go to the games together and now we're all adults and we're there and they get to see me on the big screen before the game it's not a big deal in terms of anything um I don't know what I'm trying to say but it's not like a big deal for me to be on the big screen but for me it was because it's like they brought me up to be a Man City fan and now they get to see me talk about Man City before the game so even though it isn't big in the grand scheme of things to me it was so yeah I think they're the two moments I'd probably look at I'll pick two. I want to pick one. I'll kind of like cheat a little bit and say, and I know it sounds really cheesy, I guess it's the journey through life following City. As Miley Cyrus would the, say, yeah. it's the climb. It is the climb. You know Miley Cyrus? Oh, I know everything, mate. It <laughs> without wow. a doubt, the climb from being at high school and bullied, United thumping us 5-0, constantly... Um, going into school and the, the boys in the class laughing at me uh, wearing my city shirt throughout it all and taking it on the chin um, and then moving forward and yeah the um, the Aguero moment and the at Wembley as well obviously the FA Cup when we beat them 1-0 we tore the banner down because that banner don't get me started it's just <laughs> wow um, that banner was the bane of my life back then as it was for many people yeah, it's just been the moments along the way. Um, the company goal, the season just gone. The, the, the relief when that went in and the, the awe around the stadium and the atmosphere and just everything. I can still feel the feeling of the moment from it. That was, for me, right up there with the Aguero moment for, for the feeling that it gave me. Um, just these huge moments throughout the years on the pitch, obviously the 99 playoff final, wow. The memories, the emotion that we went through that day. And obviously in my personal life, every single memory I have is linked with Manchester City throughout my life. Every single memory, every boyfriend I've had has been a City fan. And yeah, I've just lived and breathed it for as long as I've known. 
Well, look, I, I couldn't pick one out, um, so I, I'm with you. It's been the whole thing, and uh, there are a million stories and a million things that I could tell you about incidents have happened. Obviously, I've been around a bit longer, so I've got a lot more memories and stories of different things that have happened, but um, uh, obviously writing Colin Bell's book's a very proud thing for me and, and, and commentating on the Aguero moment and all sorts, but if I was to pick out one thing that 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 I sometimes forget about myself, but on the last day of Main Road, um, I was the person on the pitch who um, introduced the Parade of Legends and to actually be stood there with a microphone in my hand to the whole of the very emotional main road and to actually introduce and uh, from the 60s, you know, Alan Oakes, Tony Buck, Colin Bell, Francis Lee uh, and then a few minutes later, you know, from, from the 90s, Georgie King Kladzi and, you know, and to actually be there in front of the crowd, it absolutely threw it down during that parade and they ended up speeding it up and they all ran round the side of the pitch. And I've got a bit of shaky film that I've, I discovered on YouTube of, of me doing this. Um, this is the only memory I've got of it other than what's in my head. But to actually have the honour of being on the pitch to do that, um, having been such a shy, quiet kid and, and gone to all the, the games and had all the experiences with something I'll never forget. But that, that's one of many. We are like an extended family, though. If you think we're all sat in this room together because of Man City, I would have been an eight-year-old. I don't know how old you were at the yeah. time, watching you on that pitch. Yeah. And now we're sat in a room talking about Man City. So I think that's the thing that we love so much about this club is that we are like a family and we go through the hardships together and we go through the success that we have now all as one big family. It's incredible, isn't it? And even in families, you have ups and downs, but you all stick together, don't you? Hey? I know, I know. It's, and I was pregnant and I ran on the pitch when we won the league the second time with Pellegrini. And um, he, Vincent was in my tummy and then just a few years later, he ran on the pitch with me <laughs> when we won the league. It's just like, yeah, the, the memories that you make and all the friends that you make and there's people who are so important in your life because of City and I would never have met like my partner who I'm with now if it wasn't for City and some of my best friends are massive blues and I only know them because of City. So there's so many reasons to be grateful because of the club. Well, thanks for sharing your memories. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks very much to Hot Clip Marketing, who are the sponsors of the podcast for the early part of 2019. If you're interested in doing some sponsorship, if you're a company that listens to this and think, oh, I like what I hear, uh, contact me, reach out. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Um, and if there's anything else you'd like to, to talk to me about, then don't hesitate. I'm always looking for people to support or get involved. Thanks very much to you too. And uh, we'll be back with another podcast next week. And of course, thanks very much to Hot Click Marketing, as I say, who are the people who are sponsoring me right now. Thank you. Thank you.